0: Hey, welcome and thanks for joining us for Digging Deeper. We're gonna talk a little bit more about what it means to uh, live a life of quiet faithfulness. We mentioned Jochebed, Moses' mother, and the message this week, and how she quietly lived a life of faithfulness. And um, I wanna go back to the definition of, of those two terms, quiet faithfulness. Um, and, and so we talked about uh, Psalm forty six ten and and I want to I wanna read that to you again. This is the quiet part. What does it mean to kind of have a life of quiet? Well, it, it starts with this, be still and know that I am God. So, so quiet comes from being able to remember, remind ourselves, press into the reality that um, we actually can just be still. And know that God is God. And listen to this, the rest of verse 10 in Psalm 46. I will be exalted among the nations. I will be exalted in the earth. And so I want to read that whole verse to you, Psalm 46, 10. Be still and know that I am God. Well, being still is hard, right? So how can I be still? Why should I be still? Well, I should be still because God will be exalted among the nations. He will be exalted in the earth. And, and so stillness, the ability to be still in the chaos of life and the chaos of the world and the, the struggles in like Jochebed, in the, the, the struggle of giving up your son, the, the difficulty of having to release your son to be raised by somebody else. How could she be still in that? Well, she could be still in that because on some level she knew that God will be exalted among the nations. She knew that he will be exalted in the earth. So, this might be a a difficult uh, thing to hear, but when I am lacking stillness, I wonder if maybe it's a product of me wanting something other than God being exalted in the nations, something other than God being exalted in the earth. I wonder if maybe the stillness, the lack of stillness is a product of me wanting things for myself. And so how do I get back to that stillness? How do I get back to that place of be still and know that I am God? Well, I I, I press into my desires. Maybe it's a question of what do I want right now? Do I want something that that exalts me, that serves me, that that I think makes my life better and easier? Or do I want God to be exalted among the nations, to be exalted in the earth? So when there's a lack of stillness, maybe the best response is to stop and look at ourselves and go, I feel this internal chaos, this internal restlessness that's just stirring me up. Maybe the best question to ask is, what do I want right now? Because if I want something other than God to be exalted in the nations and to be exalted in the earth, then it's going to be really difficult for me to be still and know that He's God. Because God being God doesn't necessarily mean that I always get what I want. Now, if I want God, then I will always get what I want. But, but I'm not going to necessarily get the good things from God if I'm not, walking uprightly in Him. and What I mean by that is if I'm not seeking what He wants. And so I wonder maybe if when we feel this inner turmoil, maybe the thing to do to to press into that quiet faithfulness is to say, what am I really seeking right now? Am I seeking ultimately that God is exalted in the earth? Or am I seeking the things that I believe will bring me comfort, that will serve me, that will bring me some some level of exaltation that will lift me up, that will, will allow me to live in a way that serves only me and glorifies only me. It's a hard question to ask, particularly for those of us who are Christians. I don't think it's a hard question for the world to ask because when we're in the world, of course that's what we want. But doesn't everybody want that? But once we're in Christ, that question becomes harder because we have to get honest with ourselves. And so, so maybe the absence of stillness, the absence of quiet as part of that phrase, quiet faithfulness, is simply my desires. My desires are pointed towards self, exalting self, not exalting God. So, so when, you, when you lack that quiet, when you lack that stillness, when you just can't be still and know that he's God, Maybe the first step is to say, what am I really seeking here? Let me get real and honest with myself around this question. And then the, the next part, the faithfulness part, we talked about Hebrews 11:1, And so listen to this. Now faith is the assurance of things hoped for, the conviction of things not seen. I'm going to read on a little bit into to verse 2 and, and into verse 3. For by it the people of old received their con- commendation. By faith... Listen, by faith, we understand that the universe was created by the word of God so that what is seen was not made out of things that are visible. So listen, faith does not need the substance of material to stand. All faith needs is the conviction that there are things of God that are unseen. So, so faith stands in the fact that there is way more beyond this than what we see. And, and that's, that's the assurance of things hoped for. So what are we hoping for? Well, we're hoping for things we can't see. But we're not hoping in the way we use the word hope, where it's kind of that, you know, that 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 desperate cry of, oh my gosh, I'm not gonna do anything, but I hope everything works out the way I want. There's this desire in me for things to be a certain way, without action, without promise, without assurance, and I'm gonna just stand and hope. You know, think about it this way, your car's been acting up, and and you get in it. And for several days, your car's been like struggling to start. Maybe your alternator's going bad, let's say, or your starter's going bad. And each time you put the key in the ignition, you hope it starts. But you don't do anything to fix it. You don't do anything to examine it. You don't check it out. You just hope it starts. That's not what hope in Hebrews 11 is. The hope of Hebrews 11 is rooted in two words, assurance and conviction. And so assurance is God has promised that even though it's not realized yet I can stand on assurance that it's coming why because verse 3 by faith we understand that the universe was created by the word of God so that what is seen was not made out of things that are visible the universe was created by the word of God what does that tell us well the 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 understanding of that means that God has the power to bring about all that he desires to bring about out of nothing. So the hope that Hebrews 11 is talking about is not the hope that's rooted in I have something and it's going to become something else. The hope of Hebrews 11, assurance and conviction is this. The assurance is God has the power to make from nothing. And so even when I see nothing... I know, I have the assurance that he is making something. And what's the something he's making? The something he's making is the promises that he's given us. The reality that exists apart from what we see here the truth of, of what Ephesians calls those blessings in the heavenly places, spiritual blessings, not material blessings, but something deeper that goes into our spirit, which also itself is unseen in this world. And, and so that's the assurance. And then the, convic- the conviction of things not seen is this. We look around the world, and the Holy Spirit gives us evidence constantly that God is doing something in the nothing that God is always doing something in the place we can't see it. And so that's the conviction. The conviction is something's going on here. I can't measure it. I can't necessarily touch it. It may not always be visible to me, but it doesn't have to be. Because God has a track record going down to verse 3, making the universe out of word God has a track record of making things out of nothing, of creating where there's nothing. And and so faith as the assurance of things hoped for, the conviction of things not seen is simply that. I know God is at work in the nothing, in the things I cannot see. Therefore, I can live as if those things are coming about. Even to the point, like we read down about Moses in Hebrews eleven twenty four, 24, where it says this, By faith, Moses, when he was grown, refused to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter. So he knew something else was happening, even when he couldn't see it. All he knew was that he was Pharaoh's daughter. But then, How did he know that? Why did he know that? Because of verse 26. He considered the reproach of Christ greater wealth than the treasures of Egypt. Think about that. Moses knew that there was a Messiah coming that would save his people. He had no evidence of it. He had not seen it. Matter of fact, what he saw was his people enslaved. What he saw was his people making bricks and being mistreated by the Egyptians. Furthermore, think about it. It would be another 1300 years before Jesus stepped on the planet. And yet by faith, by faith, he had assurance and conviction that this is what was going to happen because he knew that God makes something out of nothing. And so quiet faith is a product first and foremost of knowing that we can be still before God because he is God and he is going to be exalted in the earth. He's going to be exalted in all the nations. Now, the quiet part, how do I address when I feel unquiet or disquiet? I have to say, I am going to want what you want, which is you exalted in the nations. You exalted on the earth. The faithful part, well, the faithful part is looking at knowing that God is at work, making from nothing. It's God moving and acting Looking for the evidences of the Holy Spirit at work in this world. Those things that convict us in our spirit. When there's really no other reason other than the spirit that we would know and feel something. So quiet faithfulness as a Christian comes from those two things. It comes from saying, I am going to be still when I feel this inner turmoil and know that God is God, that He is exalting Himself in the earth. He's exalting Himself among the nations. And the faithfulness comes from I'm going to stand in the assurance and the conviction that the God who created everything with a word has the power and is creating all that is for His glory. And my blessing right now. And so, again, the book is written. We just haven't read the last chapter. But we can live in quiet faithfulness when we know what the last chapter says and know that the last chapter is waiting on us. So I hope that's helpful in explaining what it means to to live in quiet faithfulness. Join us for the practice minute because we're going to talk about the practice of stillness. And so on Wednesday, come back, check out the practice minute and and we'll give you an idea of how to practice the discipline of stillness, which is not an easy one to practice, but it's a training activity. So the more you do it, the better you get at it. So I I hope you have a great time in discussion in your group and that, that wonderful things come up and that you guys experience a new level of connection and transparency, not only with God, but with each other. So I'd like to pray for you before we send you off. Father, we're so grateful that, I mean, this world is chaos. We're not grateful for that, but we're grateful that we can stand in stillness, that we can live lives of quiet faithfulness in the midst of all this going on around us, in the midst of social issues, in the midst of economic issues, in the midst of violence, in the midst of political issues, in the midst of disputes, and all that makes the world a place that we lament and mourn over, And yet in the middle of all that, we know that you are making something out of the unseen. Your word is speaking a new creation into this world, even now. And so God, let that new creation start with us as we live lives of quiet faithfulness, as we live lives of stillness in you, as we seek assurance in who you are and what you say, and we allow the conviction, of your spirit to come upon us, revealing that there are so many things that are happening that we don't see, that we don't need to know. But we can live day by day in quiet faithfulness because you are God, you will be exalted, and you are at work. And so we thank you for that and praise you in Jesus' name, amen. Hey, have a great time in your group and we'll see you next week.